You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. You have arrived at your destination. been a minute since we did a recording and and it has been a minute and mm-hmm. come to find out you've yeah. never seen moonshiners i've never seen moonshiners no i'm aware that it exists as a show but i have never watched it so welcome to the moonshiners episode yes. yeah <laughs> as you can tell by the title of the episode so here's we spelled moonshiners wrong so i've been watching two shows recently okay um not like sitting down like and watching it. No. Like they're on, I'm going to bed. The or, classic millennial background noise show. Yes. yes. Uh, and I, I've been watching two, and they're both wonderful. One okay. being Moonshiners. Yeah. Uh, the other being Naked and Afraid. Okay. <laughs> Naked and Afraid <laughs> Yeah. is wonderful. Is it? It's a great show. Okay. The only thing that could make it better. Yeah. So they've they've been branching out like you know Bachelor <laughs> to Bachelor in Paradise yeah. style. Yeah. Of course. Um. They've been doing like the normal Naked and Afraid. Yeah. But then they've been doing Team okay. Naked and Afraid. Yeah. Where they have to last longer and gotcha. some people can go home. And, okay. And it's like survival with a team, <laughs> and so it adds that kind of little yeah level of like yeah. Uh, it's gr- it's group selection. A little rather bit more. Than just a little bit more drama. <laughs> yeah. But here, here is what yeah. I'm thinking. Do they get team names? Do they get to like, uh, like blue barracudas? No, it's like oh. a single team. Okay. So it's like, oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. It's just and a team against the elements. Th- there's actually another one where there's like two people are dropped in one place, yeah. two people are dropping in another place, yeah. and they're supposed to meet up at some point. They need to just do like full out tribal warfare versions of this it, show. Yeah. Here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Why don't and but yeah. each it's like a two hour show or something. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's like the whole like. 40 days or whatever is that that two hours yeah yeah if you're doing a team like okay you should cut that up into a season and like really like develop these characters i'm very surprised that they haven't done that yeah but i guess so much stuff just doesn't happen yeah you don't want to let them sit around so long they die either right is that part they're not they're not gonna die (laughs) there's no way right they've got medics okay yeah uh but here's here's my main point (laughs) yeah (laughs) sitting there watching moonshiners of course and every time you got these these good like some of these good old boys are like you like you have to be from where we grew up to understand yeah. what they're saying. Sure. Accent wise. They're always talking about corn liquor and like the, yeah. they like you know, the first part of the the liquor that comes out is like poison. That's poison. You can't drink that. You oh, really? throw that out. Okay. It has something to do with science, right? Sure. And then they you know, they get the good stuff, the the high proof stuff, and they take yeah. a sip of it and they're just like, Oh, that's some high quality corn liquor. You nice. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where are they? Do you know? All over. All over. Yeah, okay. they they follow gotcha. Kentucky and all all over the surrounding areas. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thinking like, <laughs> how good do you think that moonshine actually is versus yeah. just they they made it and they like it versus is this really like the good stuff? Because I mean, the issue now is you can just sell moonshine on the market, right? Yeah. So surely, so it, you could make it better in a yeah. facility than out in the woods. I don't know. I don't either. But that would be my first inclination, but maybe yeah. not. I don't know. Maybe they, is it still actually the case? Okay, so one question about Moonshiners. Is it really the case that... They're doing uh, illegal... Yeah, that seems dubious. Nobody knows. Right, yeah, okay. 
the thing is, it's not illegal to make moonshine. It's illegal to make like distilled liquor without a license. Oh, okay. It's Ill- illegal to so it's sell a, it without a license. It's a licensing issue. It's a licensing it's not a, thing. It's and not I'm as like, sexy as it used to be. <laughs> no, it's like it's not prohibition. Right? Is that is that the show where like they also follow sheriff groups who that are was hunting only, them? That was only the first season, I think. <laughs> okay. Since then, they were like. No one's gonna. Nobody buys that. No one's gonna buy this. No, the sheriffs would just ask the producers. Where's your other team? <laughs> I just want to see these guys run into snags yeah. of like, we like at this point I know how it's distilled. You know. Yeah. Let Let's not talk about okay. this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a way to segue into our topic no. for today, or you just wanted to get into moonshiners and naked and afraid? I've just been watching these shows, yeah. Yeah. and someone should know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I'm sure everyone is very excited to know what you're watching. Maybe we'll do an episode on one of those shows at some point. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, welcome everybody to the Common Creatives Podcast. Uh, yeah. My name's Will. I'm the Doctor. That's Joe. Joe, over there. Joe the Maestro. That's the Maestro here. right there. Yeah. Today yeah. we are uh, getting into not moonshiners or um, the other one, Naked, Naked and Afraid, <laughs> or any reality TV show. Uh, we're talking about something uh, completely different. Someone completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. Yeah. So, uh, Greta Gerwig, for those who don't know, was born in 1983, first of all. Let me say that. She was born in 1983. That um, makes her 30... Yeah. 37? Seven? Yeah. Presumably. Or she's going to turn 37, but she's three years older than us. Yes. Um, and happy birthday, Will. Hey, you're, thanks. You're, it was just your birthday thanks. recently. It was just my birthday. Yeah. And... Uh, you did it. I got a card that said, congratulations on outliving Jesus. So, <laughs> You did it? I did it. I did it. It's um, important. Yeah. No empire has killed me yet. Uh, they keep trying. Nonetheless, she's four year, or, excuse me, three years older than us and has done uh, so much more <laughs> than I have done with my life. And yeah. it's a little depressing. But she's an actor and a filmmaker. She's a writer and a director. All around a generally impressive uh, human being originally uh was uh wanted to be a playwright ah but i think like couldn't get into the program okay. so she's just started acting in like huh so let's talk about mumblecore let's do it let's talk about mumblecore uh do you know what do you know what a uh, mumblecore is i do now that we're doing this episode <laughs> um because i i looked into it and i watched some mumblecore i didn't know beforehand yeah um but wa- I actually, the first yeah. movie i ever worked on was actually technically a mumblecore movie interesting um it was a movie called men go to battle okay it was a period piece like a civil war period piece yeah and normally when you think of uh mumblecore you think of 20 or 30 somethings like in yeah. new york okay right or, yes. or, or at least a big city area right yeah um and the director zachary trites um he actually worked on various jobs in new york with okay. a lot of you know rubbed elbows with like greta gerwig and yeah. noah uh, Bound back, yeah. So he made this movie, and that's the first movie I ever worked on. Nice. Um, so you have a connection. I have a little bit of a connection. So there, he, yeah. okay. So I guess here's my question. So I'm going to assume that a lot of our listeners don't know what mumblecore is. I have a definition written down. I would love to hear it. That's what I was going to ask about. So, according to the World Wide Web, mumblecore. <laughs> I love that. That's your source. <laughs> Keep going. Okay. Mumblecore is a subgenre of independent film. Okay. Characterized. Yeah. By naturalistic acting and dialogue, sometimes improvised, yeah. low-budget film production, mm-hmm. an emphasis on dialogue over plot, and a focus on the personal relationships of people in their 20s and 30s. Yep. That, I, mean, I think that straight up 
that seems right to me. Yeah. A- another question that I was going to raise with regard to mumblecore as a as a film movement or genre, I don't know. Well, I guess that's the question. Is it a film movement or genre? Because I think if it's a what I mean by that is if it's a genre, then I cannot know anyone or have any contact with anybody who ever made a mumblecore movie. And I can go make my own mumblecore movie. Whereas if it's a movement, it seems like that's about a community of people and surrounding communities, right? So, uh, So, yeah, I I do think it kind of started more as a movement. Yes. Um, So the Duplass brothers, uh, Mm -hmm. they made a movie called... What was that movie called? Was it called Hannah Takes the Stairs? It wasn't. Puffy Chair was the movie. Puffy Chair was the movie. So, okay. so the 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 term mumblecore yeah. was actually coined by a sound mixer okay. at a bar in like the early two thousands at South by Southwest. Of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that, so yes. basically all these these filmmakers <laughs> so the, I say it, yeah. it started as a movement because yes. most of these filmmakers were kind of in each other's movies. They knew one another. They yeah. knew one another. A lot of New York, and and I, I do think that since then, things can be classified classified as mumblecore without ah I see you know yeah. but that's where it started. So yes. these movies kind of they're supernaturalistic movies. A lot of talking, a lot of a lot of nothing happens. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the uh, the sound mixer at a bar one night coined it like it's like mumblecore. Yeah. It was just a bunch of people mumbling in front of a camera. I th- he's actually apologized since then. Oh, joking, really? Jokingly. Okay. I was like, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it stuck. It. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I did watch just to just to get a good sense of mumblecore. Turns out I had seen, you know, uh I had seen several films in the mumble gore um yes. arena. And we'll maybe do a separate episode on that. Yeah, well, we can get into it a little bit right now. Okay, um, yeah, that's fine. No, you, you were going. No, 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 a, you're good. I was just, just going to say, uh, in order to fully understand mumblecore as a movement or a genre or what it's like, I looked up this film, Hannah Takes the Stairs. Yeah, which and I've never seen. It's it's interesting. It, I mean, to me, it seems like what I would imagine is the paradigm mumblecore movie. Yeah. It's about an, uh, a character named Hannah, who is played by Greta Gerwig, who uh, dates at the beginning of the film... She dates Mark Duplass, who plays another character, and then eventually they break up, and Hannah sort of falls in love with two other people who are scriptwriters, but even that is over-describing the plot. Yeah. It's just older millennials living in shitty apartments, having jobs in cities. Yeah, so what it seems like is around this time, it probably correlates with technology and like, (laughs) if you guys can hear it. Waylon just jumped in my lap with his... He's chewing on a bully stick right next to the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they hear that. Uh, oh, it smells so bad. But so I, you think of your Kevin Smiths of yes. the world. Yes. And your Tarantinos and Robert yeah. Rodriguez and how expensive it is to make a movie still. Yeah. And at that time, like when you make a movie and you get into a film festival, it's a lot easier because there's not thousands of movies being submitted because it's not as easy to make. And then you have this next wave of filmmaker where I feel like things are getting a little bit easier to make, like uh-huh. the technology, the digital cameras, and all this kind yep. of thing. Yep. And you have all these 
early 20 something people living like kind of like hipster kids living in New York who are like, let's make movies about our lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And (laughs) Um, to some extent it hit, I mean, that's a great point. The, the development of technology. So this movie that we're talking about, Hannah takes the stairs was made in 2007. Um, this seems like a movie that could only be made in or after 2007 because the, the investment to just get things on film, so to speak is so low Mm -hmm. that, the way this movie read to me was, let's start shooting and we'll figure out what it's about after the fact. Yeah, um, you know almost, I mean? almost like a improvised documentary. Absolutely. Yeah, seemed very, very much like that. Yeah. So it's just so aimless, right. I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At the same time, though, it, it feels a little bit more like kind of like literary fiction. Okay. In a way that it's kind of more about relationships between these people and yeah. kind of how complicated they are and less yeah. about what actually happens to them. Yeah. But I, I want to say a lot of these earlier mumble, mumblecore movies are probably like yeah. trying to be more like that and not always achieving that. Yeah. Because um, they're yeah. just kids, <laughs> you know, making True. movies. Yeah. It's a good um, point. But another another one that came out a few years later, uh, Francis Ha. Yes. Was actually written, co-written by Greta Gerwig and yeah. Noah. Uh, Baumbach? Yeah. Is that how you say it? Baumbach, I think. Baumbach? Bao, okay. I've heard Baumbach. A, I don't know. Baumbach, ba- Baumbach, whatever. Uh, Noah B. Noah B. And uh, she stars in it, and it's yeah. it's this kind of woman in her late tw- late twenties, early thirties, and uh-huh. like living in apartments in in New York. Yeah, and all of her friends are kind of like they're getting their lives together, and she's just really a screw up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. And it even gets you know it's it's a movie where it's like, does she ever really kind of figure things out? Kind of, maybe not. Yeah, but it's not really about that. It's more about like just how these people these these people's lives intertwine and how they're yeah. but uh so it should be noted uh so Noah B mm-hmm. and Greta G yes um are actually together now they're together yeah um, since about that time oh interesting um probably 7 or 8 years ago yeah and uh Greta went on to make Lady Bird yes uh and the new little women so she made a transition a pretty a pretty distinct transition from my understanding at least yes from her primary function being an actor to being a director and a writer actor actor writer director writer gotcha yep. yeah and then noah went on to make a uh, marriage story yes which but they they were they went up against each other at the oscars this year so oh, like interesting that's oh, what, i didn't even think about that yeah so oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the dynamic yeah. Like these people this, have defined. This is, they've grown up, right? Yeah. yeah. They're in their late thirties and they're actually yeah. seeing some sort of kind of success. But before we get into that, yeah. Um, just some honorable mentions for uh so you got the Duplass brothers. Yes. If you slide into Mumble Gore, right? Yeah. Um Mumble Gore is just a silly word for Mumblecore horror movies, right? Yes. Uh-huh. The the first person I think of in Mumble Gore Mumble Gore is uh Ty West. Yeah. Who made House of the Devil. Yes. The Innkeepers. Yes. Sacrament. Great filmmaker. He is. And uh, House of the Devil, if, yeah. whether or not you remember this, starred Greta Gerwig. Yes, it did. She was the best friend oh that gets killed in the car. goodness. So, like, this very incestuous group yes. of yeah, yeah, yeah. creatives. I had totally forgotten that's who that was. Yep. That's oh, Greta my goodness. Gerwig. I love House of the Devil. Wow. Yeah, and she's great in it. Yeah, she's and fantastic. Her, that's a terrifying... Uh, sequence yeah. yeah it is it's 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 so uh surprising yes but uh some like uh i would i would consider the creep movies yeah kind of mumble gore that's that's what um, came to my mind was uh, that stars mark duplass for for folks who don't know who the duplass brothers are i think they're they're most 
notable thing that they've done was uh, it's a series, maybe even an HBO series, I think. It's like Apartment 213 or something like this, yeah. right? Um, but then they were also in the Mindy Project. They played the sort of homeopathic yeah. doctors who worked and, upstairs uh, Mark or whatever. Duplass, yeah. he's the older bro- younger brother? Older brother? Older brother. Wasn't he in the league? Yes, did, he was did, in the league. Yeah, yeah he was so one that's of another kind of in. in that. Yeah, um, yep, absolutely. So, yeah, the Duplass brothers are considered some of the two of the godfathers yeah. of this Mumble. genre yeah. or Mumble this Club. movement, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, to come back to yeah. Greta Gerwig, let's talk about her. Do you want to talk about her as an actor a little bit? Do you have thoughts about that? Because, I mean, I know we have plenty to talk about in regard to her creativity, um, sure. being a director and a writer. Um, I think the the most interesting thing about her as an actor yeah. is that it feels like she was kind of a theater kid growing up, right? Yeah. yeah. Somebody who really wanted to, uh, who felt the text of her playwrights was sacred, right? Yeah. yeah. So she wanted to get on stage and she wanted to live out these ideas and words in, in such a way. Yeah. But I think what's interesting about that with as her of her as an actor yeah. is this this movement that she was involved in was very much not that. Yeah. So it's the true. text was less important uh-huh. and the person kind of playing mm-hmm. the character and yeah. discovering the character on yeah. camera yeah. was kind of the art form. That's a good point. Um, and that's like, you know, that could change a movie and a tone. Yeah. Whereas a play is like the Bible. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And, and one of the things that, uh, in, as I was reading some reviews of her work and stuff, one review that I came across was saying they thought one of the things that Greta Gerwig will struggle with as a writer director is the fact that she won't f- be able to find actors that are as good as her. Um, sure. It was, it was saying, you know, she was so good at doing what it is that she does as an actor. Mm-hmm. However you want to, talk about that she was so good at doing that that it's going to be a struggle for her as she writes her vision to get someone who can execute it as well as she could sure Uh, and i I thought that was really really interesting yeah how how that might overlap and and it is interesting and i and that's uh, that's actually one of the critiques i've read of lady bird is that like there are times where it can fall flat because of that yes but my argument would be that greta could become more of a Kevin Smith or Tarantino style yeah. director where it's it's more of the the lyricism uh-huh. of the dialogue, yeah. less about the performance and more about these people saying the words how she would say them. Yes, yes. Um, to where you go see a film because it's a Greta Gerwig film and sure. so-and-so's in it and that's cool, but... I mean, can you, can yeah. you imagine watching a, a Kevin Smith movie where one of the characters didn't speak like Kevin Smith. Of course. Like, that'd be disappointing. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I mean, as a writer-director, she can still communicate her tone. Yeah. Um, and uh, she, uh, she's she been quoted in saying that, like, uh, I think I wrote... So she, she's, you know, obviously at this point all about text. Yeah. As, you know, kind of wanting to be a playwright. Yeah. Now the script is like... And I love this. Yeah. I feel like the first like film I make, like I don't want imp- improvisation because yeah. like I have an, I like the script writing process for, for me is like, is important. It's like you're making the movie, yeah, yeah. like the choice of words, the choice to leave out a word in a sentence, yeah. that kind of stuff, the yeah. way the, the word, the rhythm and the click of the, the, the consonants and yes. all of this stuff is very important to me. Yeah. So when I read that about her, I'm like, 
oh, so like the musicality of it completely yes. makes sense. It's rhythmic, yeah. Um, and she even says that um, she knows when a line is finished when it feels right musically. Yeah. So it's less about what she's saying. Like, yeah. here's here's what I want to convey, but how do I do it in a way that feels like... And Saoirse Ronan in Lady Bird, yeah. like, she's great yeah. in this movie. Like, she carries the movie, obviously. Yeah. But the way she says these words, like, it's... it's You could almost put music under it in a way that, like, it feels like singing at times, you know? Yeah. And that does, that does read as... That does seem to speak to her theater background or sure. her focus on on that type of thing no that's interesting i could see you really especially you know reading dialogue that you've written i could see you identifying with that the sort mm-hmm. of musicality the musical focus and it's it's to some extent interesting and ironic that she's involved in this mumblecore movement absolutely as you're saying because it is absolutely. the opposite of that it is right i mean it's let's just we'll just kind of talk about like what what are you thinking right now but you know actually, <laughs> actually but on the other side of that yeah so. yeah I would I would say that Lady Bird's not a mumblecore movie. Yeah, I think it's very structured, okay. very scripted. Yes, um, I think the only thing that's mumblecore about it is that it's kind of coming of age and she's involved. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen uh, Pretty Woman yet. Yeah, I have uh, Little Women. Little, uh, sorry. Pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Pretty I, Woman. A pretty little Woman. woman. Yeah. Little yeah. Women. No, I haven't seen Little Women either um it's something that i wanted to i wanted to get to see before we did this episode and i just didn't get a chance but i i will i will bring this up and i have a few quotes about folks who have talked about little women but just from my little women experience i will say a lot of what i read about greta gerwig's little women suggested that she made pretty meaningful shifts in tone or perspective yeah and the thing is i never read little women so i don't know that i would take as much out of you know what i'm saying sure i wouldn't see the greta gerwig stamp on it as much as folks who know that story very well right you Um, you would just see a period piece that's a greta gerwig movie yeah exactly exactly but but before we get into that yeah yeah the epiphany i just had for for greta gerwig greta being an actor in mumblecore yeah in a sense it's not as ironic because she didn't direct those movies that's true so that's true in a sense she's she's writing her own dialogue yeah. as she goes even if she's not the script writer she's still yeah. in control of the lyricism and musicality yeah. of those words she's just not putting it down on paper yeah and i'd be interested to see um what uh, do you know what film it was offhand and we can look this up if you don't do you know what film it was offhand that she co-wrote there was a film that she co-wrote before with Noah B. I think she co-wrote Francis Ha. She co-wrote Francis Ha. Yes. Oh, that was it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was thinking there was another one. There no, might have no. been. There might have been another one before. Yeah. That. Nonetheless, I didn't get a chance to see Francis Ha. Is that something that you notice in there? Can you tell her writing on the script itself in that film? Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's there's a definite there's definitely more words. Yeah. <laughs> um. They're yeah. filling the the, the okay. air and less kind of. Um, Less feeling your way through an emotional context yes, and more pointed, mm-hmm. kind of metered discussion. Okay, yeah. uh, that's really interesting. That's cool. That's that. It makes more and more sense the more I learn about her that she did Little Women. That they brought her. Sure. That whoever was in charge of that and, production uh, brought what, her on to do that. What's interesting about her doing Little Women is uh, she actually yeah. wrote a version of the script before yes. she ever made Lady Bird. Yes, I heard that. She submitted the script, and they wanted to use the script first. Was my understanding right? They're like, "Oh, we we we're into we're into your kind of your take take yeah, but you know you're not directing this." Yeah. 
she makes Lady Bird. Yes. They're like, so did you so want to direct you, this? Was, was that something you were interested in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. So should we jump into Lady Bird then? We've been kind of Absolutely. jumping over. Let's All right. It. Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, so you and I had very different reactions to this. You had mm-hmm. you saw it a long time before I did. Sure. Did you see it in theaters? Yep. Did you see Lady Bird in theaters? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see it until probably, you know, two months ago at, at, at most. But we had very, very different responses to it. So why don't, you, did. Why don't you go ahead and, and jump in and talk about about Lady Bird a little bit. Okay. Your thoughts on it. Um, so Lady Bird is a coming of age movie. Yeah. It's about <clears throat> high school senior mm-hmm. uh, in an all girls Catholic school in 2002. Is that correct? 2001 or 2002? I believe so. It's around then. Early, um, early 2000s. Yeah. So she's uh, probably lower middle class. Her, her, yeah. you know, at one point her father loses her, the, his job in the yeah. movie and it's, it's, it's a really big deal. Her yeah. mother works many shifts her mother and her are very close but they're kind of antagonists yes towards each other yes and her mother is very frank very yes very harsh very opinionated to some yeah. extent um and what's great about came i i yeah i should say this before we say anything yeah i love coming of age movies yeah 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 stand by me right all the way to super bad. Like yeah. I just love these movies so much. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think I'm just longing for it's interesting my youth in some way. Sure. Yeah. But I any any new kind of coming of age movie that pops on You're Netflix, into as yeah. long as it's as if it's like like a, a romancy one. Yeah, yeah. I'm not interested. Right, right, right. There can be relationships, but sure. I'm much more interested in like yeah, just growing. Yeah, kind of thing. I guess. Yeah, or uh, developing. Perks or of being a wallflower. Yeah, yeah. I just loved it. Okay. You know, I love these movies. Do you like? Uh, do you like fiction like that as well? Um, I. I'm thinking. I mean, the thing that comes to mind. Like we'll an, we'll an, get to Greta Gerwig in two seconds, but yeah. like John Green comes to mind, right? Or sure. Like this. Um, Fault in Our Stars, kind of. You know, YA coming of age. Yes. Um, yeah. but I've never read John Green. I've, sure, I've yeah, seen yeah. those movies. Yeah, yeah. You've got the fault in our stars, yeah. And then the reason I think of these together is because they both starred, uh, what's her name, Shailene Woodley. Okay. Uh, the spectacular now. Okay. Uh huh. Um, big fan of the spectacular now. Yeah. The fault in our stars is just it's, yeah, too romancy. Okay. Um, Overly sort of saccharine or sweet or something. Right. It yeah. it it feels some of those. It has to feel like it's writing for an older audience being nostalgic versus a younger audience living in it. That's a that very, makes that, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, absolutely. And so Lady Bird certainly falls into that category, absolutely. right? It is mm-hmm. definitely, it's not for people who are the age of the lead character. No, no but it totally works yeah. for those people. I'm sure they could access it, but sure. it's it does have things that I would presume as an older adult that they will miss. Yeah, or that they will at least not relate to, mm-hmm. even if they don't miss it. Um, so, so essentially, you have this uh, character, Lady Bird. Yeah, uh, Christine, I think is her name. I can't remember, her, but her... she decides that she wants to be called Lady Bird. Yeah, right. Um, and she's essentially uh, lives in Sacramento, and yeah. she's um, wants to get out. Mm-hmm. She has much bigger plans for herself than Sacramento. Yep. And in doing so, and in, in talking in, in such a way, it makes her mother feel in- inadequate, like she didn't provide, like. But instead of her mother saying, you know, I did all, you know, don't yeah. you? It's like, yeah. well, you're not going to get into those schools anyway. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. So she it's takes that, an antagonistic response right. or um, something. So it, it's, it's her, it's, it's, it's Lady Bird going through and, and, and her, she's got her best friend who like, yeah. 
who lives in a smaller apartment with a single mother, and then she starts to befriend these basically uh, rich kids of Sacramento who are all very... um, The thing I love about this movie is that it's stylized in such a way that like those types of people could exist, but they only exist because they're in a Greta Gerwig movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it is a little bit hyper-realistic. It is, absolutely. Kyle... Kyle is, is Tim- he the, the Timothy Sh- uh, Charlemagne? Charlemagne? Charlemagne. Yeah. Sure. He's like he's like oh, yes. the, the it kid right now. Yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. In, that guy. He's 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 great. Yeah. But in this movie, he's wonderful. <laughs> he's he's so like this is the kid with the line about like they don't have to surveil us because we just carry our surveillance around with us in our phones. Right. right? <laughs> but like, yeah. but he, he delivers yeah. it also deadpan. Yeah. Yeah. He plays in a band. Yeah. He's the bass player. That's right. So he's like, yeah. I can relate to this. That's my, our first band. I was the bass player. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to do as much work to learn these. Right. Instrument, right. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Um, yeah. His response to most things is that's hella tight. And, but he does it. He, he, he's such a great yeah. actor yeah, and he's yeah. delivering it. So deadpan yeah. that it's like, that's a choice, and it's so so yeah. great. Um, yeah. It, it, one of his lines is, uh, "I'm trying to get to where I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm only, uh, uh, or I'm living by uh, mostly bartering." Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So okay. Oh, it's so great. I, I want to come to because you get to see that character be shitty too. So I want to come yeah. to that, but also the, your your note that this is a little bit hyper realistic in some of his lines and et cetera et cetera this does have a napoleon dynamite feel to it right sure. ladybird the whole time i was watching it i was like this is a i never would have made that connection this is a less silly it's not silly in that way it's not a straight comedy in that way it's something that can be taken as a serious piece of art but the whole time i was watching it i was like this has a napoleon dynamite that's interesting type of thing to it where it's all very low stakes and yeah. it almost and actually i was watching it with uh, chris moore who's my new roommate um i was watching it with him and he made a really really astute point at the end where he said i felt like that movie was constructed as a series of vignettes where it was like each little scene or piece would come to a conclusion and then you would begin another one. And it's huh. not that they're not interchanged, but right. I feel like that general sort of feel about it is part of what gave me that Napoleon Dynamite vibe. Sure. Where it's like, oh, here's the scene where she goes to the parking lot right. and talks to these kids. Here's the scene where this happens. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I think yeah. part of that would probably stem from the fact that like she's a first-time director. Yeah. She's not getting a lot, a ton of coverage. Yeah. So yes. she's not getting a lot of establishing shots or yeah. ins and outs. That's a great um, point. It kind of like the cameras in the scene. There and it is. They come in, and yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. It but, also sort of had. Speaking of the parking lot scene. Yeah. 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 The. <laughs> I just love this movie. So, <laughs> so uh, Lady Bird and Jenna, I think her name was. Maybe. Um, the she, cool girl that yeah. she hangs out with. Yeah. They they had just like decorated the nun mobile with okay. like just yeah. married to Jesus. And yeah. Yeah. And then and then she walks up to, uh, to <laughs> Kyle and he's like, that was hell, that was hella tight. Was Very hella tight. anarchist. <laughs> and he said he said don't worry. He said yeah. he says like. Uh, don't worry, uh, uh, I won't snitch on you. And then she, and then awkwardly, she looks over and she says, "You better not, or I'll kill your family." Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, yeah. And, and then he says, "What?" Yeah. And she said, "I was, I was being, uh, what'd she say? Something like, just so on the nose, like, I was not hyperbolic, but yeah, ironic or something, or, or I was, I was exaggerating or something okay. like that." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." Uh, this like, 
she's I, just playing these characters in such a fun way. Yeah, I think th- to some extent, also lines like that give me a, and I don't have some grand point about Napoleon Dynamite. I don't mean burn our time talking about that, but I think to some extent, yeah, let it go, Will. To, yeah, <laughs> to some extent, like lines like that where they are exaggerated. Yeah, they're not funny in the way Napoleon Dynamite is, but it's the same feel that that the line like you know, uh, make yourself a dang quesadilla or something like right. that. It's this this little world that's so lived in in such a weird way. Yeah, that it that it gives me that same sort of lo-fi. Right. But it it pl- feel. It, yeah, it has that feel, but it plays as this completely awkward sticking your foot in your mouth in front of the boy you like. Yes, and the boy yeah. you like is just so dense and dull. Yeah. But he he puts on this this uh-huh. like you know he's puts on this like I'm I'm this punk rock anarchist yeah but I my family has a lot of money so I, yeah. I haven't had to worry I don't about have to anything. Do anything yeah exactly um, you also get to see him be shitty which is one of the things I want to talk about yeah they end up having sex mm-hmm. uh, him and Christine aka Ladybird and he essentially I mean he lies to her you could spin it as him misleading her but he says. I yeah. mean, if I'm not mistaken, he says something like, I'm a virgin or I've never had sex or something like this. The, and this was uh, this yeah. was several, probably, the way the movie is yes. shot, it feels like it's like over a summer or something. Uh-huh. So it's not like yeah. super slice of life. It's like, yeah, may have been a couple weeks prior, like sure. they're making out a, in a hallway. Yes. And she's like, I, you know. Th- th- she says, I've never had sex or something He's like, like that. Uh, me, me neither. Me neither. Yeah, exactly. And then she's like, I'm not ready. He's like. That's fine. That's fine. And then, and then eventually, when yeah. she's ready, she's held on to that idea. Yes. And he would. He was just. He was just lying. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Straight He's just up saying lying. something that's not true. And so, uh, and then he acts like it's not a big deal. Um, so, I mean, to some extent, that has to do, to my mind, with a sort of coming of age, like, oh, you're encountering someone who's being shitty in that way for the first time. Yeah. Right. That one particular type of way, whatever it is. In this case, it's sort of uh, just lying about sex or something. I don't know. I think so. Just to just to air my own not grievances. When I was yeah. done watching this movie, you need. Yeah, I'll say this: you yeah. need to watch it again through a different lens. I at probably, some point. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like to find that lens. Yeah. For me, I think first of all, we have different feelings about coming of age movies. I don't love coming of age movies. Right. They all generally make me bummed out. And That's I don't, interesting. I don't know why that is, but like I don't like the idea that I think it stems from my deep psychology, where I don't want to think that the past was better, right? Sure. I want to think that the future is going to be better than the past, and things that harken back as if the past was the good time right. always kind of bum me out. That's, I mean, um, that's yeah, that tracks. I if, get that. if that makes sense, but but I at the end of the film, I was just left with like I don't know, I I don't like feeling the emotions it made me feel it, i sure. didn't ever think it wasn't a well-made movie yeah i was like i understand this is very sophisticated and well done but i just don't like to traffic in those emotions i guess yeah if that makes sense sure so because it follows her it follows Lady Bird, the character after she goes to college she ends up getting into where does she get into i don't even remember uh, probably nyu uh, or nyu something. or something yeah and so i thought okay that's it right i thought she gets in there you go that's yeah. that's the conclusion right who knows what happens it follows her longer than i thought it was going to right it she goes to a her, party yeah she gets alcohol poisoning she's so drunk that's right, that's right. wakes up in an yeah. er yeah and then it's just mia for a bit and then uh-huh. calls her mom her yes. mom doesn't answer but she leaves her a message yes and at this point the mom has stopped talking to her and it, it's heart that scene yes. where her mom drops her off at the airport. They're yes. not speaking. No. Because at this point, from a plot perspective, 
the father's helped Ladybird out with signing or financial aid papers. Yeah, yeah. The mother's like, you're not going to get into any other schools. You're not smart enough. And when she does, but what she's saying yeah. is, yeah, she. And it's in a harsh way of saying, I don't want you to leave. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then she's not speaking to either one of them at that point because the yeah. father helped the daughter. Yep. And then the daughter's like, at the airport, and she's looked like trying to get that last word out of her mother, and her mother just stares forward, just doesn't say anything. And then Ladybird walks away, and then the mother drives off. You yeah. stay with the mother. Ugh. And it kind of reminds me of that shot in the car of Hereditary, but in yes. a much different way. Yeah. Where the mother is driving away, and Ugh. then it just, you know, the that weight she's going to break. Yeah, yeah. And then she starts crying, and then she's frantically trying to get back. Yeah. And she runs into the airport, and oh, the father's on God. her way back, and they just embrace, like, and the father's like, she'll that's, be okay. She'll be thing. back. He says, she'll be back. She'll be, she'll back. be back. And yeah. I'm like, oh. I, I completely understand yeah. why you feel those why feelings. I don't want to feel that <laughs> yeah I do yeah. and it's and it's it's the thing but of, I feel those things too yeah in these movies yeah. and it's you know it's that, that that idea that like you know I'm, I'm never going to live at, live with my parents again yeah that makes me sad yeah. I love my parents of course you know yeah. what I mean yeah but I guess for for whatever there's something in there that like trumps those for me yeah sorry to curse yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll bleep it out. Uh, there's something in there that 45s those for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, fair enough. And and it's not for it's not for no reason. And and once again, I'm not saying that this isn't no, good. I get it. Obviously, it's good. It's just like oh, I man. mean, it's wonderful. It's what? Yeah, right. Uh, but it's it's one of those things where it's like some horror movies do that to me, where it's like I don't want to feel what this makes me feel. This movie right. does that to me in a different way. That's super yeah. interesting. And uh, but how it do you does. Feel, how do you feel about Stand by Me? We've talked about this before. I haven't seen Stand by Me. Okay. Yeah, I have to watch it. You gotta watch. Yeah. You gotta watch Stand. By I know. I need to. All right. So yeah, Lady Bird. We had very very different responses to. Yeah. Uh, but we both understand that it's very good. It's just you like. Have you? How many times have you watched it? Uh, I've just I've seen it like three times. Okay, so yeah. twice since Fair the enough. theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were arguing, or you were not arguing, but you were saying this is not a mumblecore film. No, right? no. Uh, also, the other quick thing before that, yeah. I think the other reason this movie I liked it so much. Yeah. Um, I think part of it was one. Some of the critiques I heard from men specifically was yeah. this movie is super unrealistic. A mother and daughter would never. This doesn't happen right like that the, their relationship would not be like that right so the the relationship is very antagonistic yeah yeah um but they're very they're very close and they're very of course they really pay attention to each other yeah. to each other to their needs mm-hmm. when there, there are a few yeah. scenes in the bathroom where they ha- actually have some real conversations yeah. and you can tell they're yeah. actually ridiculously close yes but they're both so large in their personalities yeah um, and it's exacerbated by the by the age that Lady Bird is. Yes, to some extent, right? Um, and a, a lot of critiques were like, "That's just super unrealistic and huh. silly." Yeah, growing up yeah. with uh, a sister who's just a year older than me. Yeah, and my mother, like, yeah. you know, that they 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 would in growing up they would be. Fighting, yelling, screaming, yeah. and then at the drop of the hat, oh look, <laughs> like that scene. Oh, the, with isn't the dress, this yeah. gorgeous. Like, yeah, that's. Yeah absolutely spot on to yeah. like how those relationships can just sure but it's it's a mother and daughter relationship is ridiculously close yeah um and a lot of times i think more so than a father son sure. they just look very different i think yeah yeah they're yeah. um and not to put not to say that they're one way and then the no other of way. course yeah but just speaking generally yeah from, yeah uh, observations but for me there was something really comforting about seeing that on film yeah 
Um, it huh. just felt like kind of going home. <laughs> yeah. Not my and my mother was not not no, that way but, to my sister. But just the, just the fact that like you can be fighting one minute, but it doesn't diminish the fact that you're so close, right? And you can veer right back into that lane, yeah. And both talk about how this dress is. Oh, this dress is great. Oh, stunning! Like they don't yeah. even drop a beat. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That is that is really interesting. I know that you had said some things about that previously. Uh, good. Is there any other other points that you want to make about Ladybird? A couple more points. Yeah. The name Ladybird, mm-hmm. I thought was hilarious, and I'll tell you why. Okay. You may not. You may or may not remember this. Growing up around that same time. Yeah. Uh, my sister had a, a, a acquaintance, decent friend. Yeah. Who was very um, loud and boisterous and very much, I am unique. Uh huh. And she gave herself her own. <laughs> Yeah. name her okay. own nickname and had people call her that name yes yes and wow that is rem- a, that is a callback from our personal life that yes. i would never have thought of and uh, again that that was immediately clicks into place right yeah. that was a connective tissue of yeah. like there's something so like yeah. you've got these people greta grew up in in sacramento and yeah. she claims that this isn't autobiographical yeah um, but that she did draw a lot from her 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 personal life, right? Yeah, and you have that happening in Sacramento at the same time in a small town in Kentucky. Yeah, around the, like these same kind of types of personalities and like yeah. Well, it, and there's also the notion. I mean, that's a great point. There's also the notion. Two things that that brings to mind. Number one is teenagers, regardless of gender, are defining themselves at that time. Right. Yeah. We've talked about this before. In this case, it becomes literal. Like, you give yourself a different name. Yeah. Right? I am not the name my parents gave me. Here's what I want you to call me. And right? The quote from the movie is something like, she's like on stage doing, and she, yeah. she's, she's trying to find who she is. So she's yeah. like auditioning for like show, yeah. like show play. Like, like what's my thing, right? Yes. And she says, uh, they're, they're like, he's like, what's your name? She says, Ladybird. Yeah. He said, that's your name? That's your given name? Yeah. Yes. I gave it to myself. Yes. It was given to me by me. <laughs> my given exactly. name. Exactly. My given name. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a sort of literalized, that's sort of a hyper-realistic again. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Sort of self-definition. And then also, there is the notion that whatever town you live in sucks. Like When I was yeah. watching this, I was like, I would have killed a grown up in Sacramento, California. Are you kidding me? Like a few hours from like Los Angeles. Yeah, are you kidding? Is really a Sacramento that bad? <laughs> yeah. Like, I actually even asked I watched this with Chris and I even asked him, I was like, is does Sacramento suck or something? Like what it what's it's, happening? It, here? It, it is known as like the suburb city of okay. California. Okay. So like it's All right. so it does have that connotation a yeah, little bit. It's okay. not necessarily like small town, it's yeah. more yeah. just boring. Just boring. I guess. Okay. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. But I was like, we we were in rural Kentucky, like, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, so there is also that notion that wherever you are sucks. And I think that's one of the main themes of the movie. It's yeah. not wherever you are sucks. It's, it's that yeah. to be aware of the things around you and, and, and attentive to those things. Yeah. Um, and, and paying attention to what's around you. And that's kind of love. Mm-hmm. So like the mother and the daughter, like the turning point was when the mother, it wasn't, the terrible things they would say to each other. Yeah. It's when the mother stopped paying attention. Yeah. She turned her eyes away. So yeah. there was love in the attention they gave each other yeah. in the brutal honesty. Even if it was, yeah. And then the mother, you know, the mother stopped paying attention. The daughter leaves Sacramento. Yeah. The the place she always paid attention to but never 
understood. Yeah. And she loved she loved Sacramento. And yeah. it took leaving and her mother her mother's attention leaving to understand these things. Yeah. Isn't there a scene where she comes is there a scene where she comes back to Sacramento and she's driving through it? Did I make that up? I was um, thinking there's a scene where she comes back and she's driving through the city. I don't I don't remember if if it's her coming back or if it's her after she got her license or something okay. or flashback or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. But there's a scene where it's like she is seeing all these places where she developed yeah. and this kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um and it's also interesting too that like the uh the 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 girl the very popular pretty girl that she befriends yeah they're hanging out one summer evening and her family's like super nice pool with like a fountain and yeah. waterfall and yeah you know ladybirds basically saying you know I can't wait to get out of here and she's like what are you talking about I I can't wait to raise a family here in Sacramento yeah we're leaving Sacramento and it's yeah. like it kind of <laughs> yeah. you know it's for us it kind of hits close to home because yeah. there are a lot of people who had no intent of leaving they're just they're and good and they're good n- there nothing wrong with that sure but yeah. for me it was <laughs> yeah I've got to go to where I've got to go to where the people are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And I mean, you and I, uh, at least thus far in our lives, haven't ended up crazy far away from where we started out. But it was like... Three and a half hours. There was... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But there was a notion of like, this ain't going to do it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And of course, when when you're a teenager, at least when I was, just speaking from my own personal experience, uh, at the time, I did think there was something wrong with wanting to stay there, right? I was like, oh, you people want to stay here? (laughs) something is wrong with that right right um and, i, I mean, don't feel that way now i mean to this to this day uh, yeah. like i think about what it would be like to have stayed there oh and yes. it's still oh I no mean, no it's no like, not for I, me I, I can't put myself in the shoes of the people who stay no i can't uh, but i no. i i don't have any sort yeah. of like judgment on no that, yeah right? you do, do what's right for you but it's yeah. it's certainly the type of thing where no i could not have done that of course yeah. not um do we want to take a take a quick second and then come back and wrap up greta gerwig do we want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Yeah, uh, and uh, this is our first recorded podcast. Yeah, where we're officially a dual production yeah. of Rock Candy Recordings from Asheville, North Carolina, yeah. and the DNN from here in Louisville. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna represent some uh, some new shows that we're affiliated with. Go <laughs> now. <laughs> Put it on now. Hi, I'm Peter Santoscano. I host Bubble and Squeak here on the Rock Candy Network. I tell personal, revealing stories. She whispered, Did you just masturbate? Because I felt a terrible presence of evil enter the... I make prank phone calls to the past. Heimbach. General Star, Elijah Heimbach speaking. How may I help? Into the future. <clears throat> because my boyfriend and I are just not having enough sex. Always a problem with the pub sex. You just have to listen to it. It's too hard to describe. Check out Bubble and Squeak wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, and we're and we're back, and, and we're back, and we're back. Are you familiar with Chance the Rapper? No, I mean I know that he is a person yeah. and an artist, but I am not familiar with his work. One of his albums starts, and we and we back. Okay, and we back, and yeah. we back, and we. Hmm. we have to do i'll mention this before we wrap up greta gerwig we need to do some episodes on hip-hop because i still haven't found my in into hip-hop pretty much pretty much anywhere like it's it's a struggle that's problematic it is i know like i don't really like country music either but i don't particularly care to you know what i mean nothing against it pop punk pop country music or just country music in general pop country yeah 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 
Um, nonetheless, I, I don't mean to to take us down a tangent. Let's uh, let's jump back into talking about Greta Gerwig. Might as well. Uh, might as well. Greta, Greta Gerwig. It's her episode. episode. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked about Lady Bird. We talked about her earlier sort of mumblecore stuff, her work as an actor, uh, this kind of thing. She recently did Little Women, mm-hmm. and she won accolades for that, right? Is that I correct? I think so. I don't know that she got uh, anything from the Academy. Yeah. Maybe some Golden Globes. Nonetheless, uh, I'm, I'm not going to look it up. Let's just say <laughs> she got a lot of critical uh, claim, at least, yeah. right? She's doing well. She was at least in the in the conversations about the Academy, if not nominations. Yeah. Um, so. She's at least got uh, a great working relationship with a lot of stellar young performers. Absolutely. Actually, Saoirse Ronan... Um, the re, uh, if you've ever read her name, it's it's spelled really weird. Okay, like C O R C, right? Okay, she's I think Irish. Okay, Irish Ireland. Sure, I think sounds right. <laughs> okay, um, it's not Scotland, so yeah. it, it would be Ireland. That's the other one. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The reason I know how to say her name is on talk shows. She would when and when Lady Bird came out, she'd yeah. say it's Saoirse, like inertia. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> but um. I, I want to say when when Little Women when when Greta said, "Hey, I'm, I wrote this script for Little Women, and yeah. I'm going to get to make it, going to get to make it." And, and yeah. Saoirse said, "I'm playing Joe." Oh, and she said, "Okay, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." So I don't know the story of Little Women uh, very much at all, just to be honest. Sure, uh, I didn't. We did. I don't think we had to read it. If we did, I, I skipped it. I think I read uh, it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So, but I also grew up with my sister and my mother who, yes. who, who are bibliophiles. And, right. Yeah. My understanding of Greta Gerwig's take on Little Women, take this with a grain of salt, might be garbage. But from what I've read about it is that she has really updated a lot of the meanings of some of the plot points and yes. the focus of the story such that it is a movie that makes sense within our time. Right. Our time in terms of gender politics and gender relations. Yes. And what things like that, what what that conversation looks like today to some extent. Right. Is that is that sort of what you heard about it as well? Uh yes, I think so. Um the, the her other in was Yeah. So she read a lot about the the author. Um Yeah. Uh, uh Alcott, 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 yeah. Um about how, what it was some like journal entries of her life yeah and then journal entries about writing the book the little or little women yeah and how she always kind of saw herself as joe mm-hmm. um the main character who yeah. is played by lady bird right yeah so she kind of approached the script from a way that took the text that is the that is little women yeah and Alcott's life, yeah, right, yes, and tried to interweave those in a way to where even the ending is a little different, yeah, because the book is very much this more textbook kind of happy ending. But mm-hmm. the way she structured it, I, she she I think from what I understand, she skips time, like she she jumps yeah. time from yeah. starting like not in the house and then remembering back to what it was like, and that's yeah. what's interesting there. Um, again, I haven't seen it, yeah. I've I'm just a nerd who who's listened to a lot of Greta Gerwig yeah, podcasts and definitely. stuff like that. And what's interesting about <laughs> this is actually really fun funny. Um so the thing that you don't like about Lady Bird yeah. is the way that it makes you feel 
like you don't want to feel like the past was the good yeah. times, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The point of her new movie, yeah, is so Little Women starts chronologically. You have these kids, and then they grow mm-hmm. up, and then yeah. you just kind of see how the, and the, the book does, yeah, yeah, and, and you see how they grow up, and yeah. then they they get older, they start to marry off, and yeah. then happy ending, everyone's together. Okay, but this movie starts yeah. in the future. Okay. Joe's trying to get a book deal in New York, yes. right? And all these people, everyone's apart. No uh-huh. one's together anymore. Uh-huh. One of the sisters has died. Like, things will never be like they were. Uh-huh. So she starts there, and then they hearken back to <laughs> yeah. the good old times throughout the movie to yeah. where it's like, Greta Gerwig is going to straight up yeah. meta do the thing to you that yes. you don't want to... <laughs> yeah. You know, well, and it sounds like... Whole I mean, movie. It sounds like... That is at least one element of the themes that she is interested in as a creator, right? I mean, yeah. she wants to explore themes of, I guess, what would you call it? Nostalgia? Sure. Um, I don't know, sort of the pain, the bittersweetness of looking at mm-hmm. the past in that type of way. One thing that I, this is a quote that I found having to do with her um, adaptation of Little Women which is, it's from The Atlantic. It says, Gerwig's Little Women is the tale of the birth of an artist, a female artist at a time that's hostile to women and the telling of stories of women's lives women's lives from women's point of view. In short, a time very much like today in Hollywood. Uh, in addition to the path of a woman in the world of movie making, Gerwig inscribes another personal theme, the relationship of an artist to her family. Um, and so I've, I've, I came back to this theme a couple of times in reading commentary about Little Women where it said some of this is her putting herself into it as much as, not as much as, but in addition to her putting... Uh, Louise uh, Alcott. L- yeah. Louise, is that correct? I think so. Louise May, something Louise like that. Louise May Alcott. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Um, Louisa. Louisa May Alcott. Oh, yes, that's right. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Nonetheless... She is, this is, these are the two themes I, I kept seeing referenced over and over. The, the notion that she's updating the sort of politics of it. She focuses more on this woman as an artist and a creator right? than the original text did. And in addition, in right. doing so, she has put the author into the story in a particular type of way. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because all of the elements are in the, like, she's basically, like, injecting realism into, yeah. I mean... In in the trailer you see where where she she's written this Joe has written this book and has brought it brought it to this publisher and the publisher's yeah. like, well if you do X Y and Z <laughs> we'll publish it yeah. if if you may you know well in the notions of what she was told to do was if it's a female character she needs to be married or yeah. dead by yes. the end of the story exactly <laughs> um, so I mean that's super meta in the yeah. sense that like yeah. Louisa May Alcott probably yeah. like the the. Yes. The the book that is Little Women <laughs> has been affected yeah. by those types of publishers. Therefore, yes. like you can easily look at those those stories and and, yeah. and zoom in on kind of what probably actually would have happened. Yeah. That um, is a very meta sort of move, right? I mean, yeah. to some extent she's and I'm using this term super loosely, but to some extent that's a very postmodernist type of thing to do. It's it's you're making art about the thing that you're making art about to some yeah. extent, or you're making art about itself yeah. as an adaptation. And I read an interview where she said that um, adapted work, yeah, she doesn't, she she's not interested in doing it unless it feels like an original piece. Yeah. So you're 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 inspired by a thing, but you're making something completely new. Yeah. Um. So it's not like a remake of Little Women. It's a it's a new 
take yeah completely to some extent this brings us back to something you were saying earlier which is moonshiners moonshiners <laughs> yeah this is very much like moonshiners no this is uh this is like you were saying talking about her as being a, a, a tarantino type or something it is greta gerwig's little women Right? Yes, and so it's her putting her stamp yeah. on. That makes me super excited. I don't that's know. That's why little, I'm. Yeah, I don't know Little Women that well, but that makes me super excited for things that she will do in the future. Absolutely, and it makes me super excited for to see that film as well. Right. I'm not saying that, but it, it the potential that she has as a filmmaker. No, I mean, obviously, she's already achieved, but right, and she uh, does seem like the type of filmmaker where she's yeah. like the next thing she does, she's not going to take a Marvel movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, um, sure. <clears throat> some yeah. other kind of mumblecore-ish uh, filmmakers. Yeah. Um, so Damien Chazelle. Okay. His first movie was a student film called uh, Guy and Madeline on a Park Bench okay. about a trumpet player. Mm. So like you know, Damien Chazelle made La La Land. He mm-hmm. made Whiplash. Yeah. Went on to make First Man. Mm. That was, according to Wikipedia, is a mumblecore movie. Yeah. And he has continued to make his very original work, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, Barry Jenkins, who made mm-hmm. Moonlight, yeah. and Moonlight beat La La Land yeah. in the Oscars yeah. a couple years ago. Uh, his first movie, uh, which I actually never saw this one, it's called Medicine for Melancholy, mm-hmm. from what I understand was considered a mumblecore movie. Yeah. You know, went on to make uh, Moonlight, and yep. uh, if Beale Street could talk, and excited to see what he does next. Yeah. Um, I want to say there was another filmmaker, I'm, I'm maybe thinking of noah b mm-hmm. but you have all these filmmakers who, who kind of started there yeah. and they're not just going on and grabbing the franchise movies yeah. i guarantee you each one of those filmmakers has been offered multiple franchise of course movies. of course they have um yeah it, it's it, they're they are jordan, jordan peele's another one yeah he, he didn't make mumblecore movies yeah but he's he's this newer kind of voice who's like He's yeah. not inter- He wants to make his movies. They're not getting incorporated into the fold of sort of the machine. Yeah. The machine as as easily. I mean, they're making things that are going to be that are cr- that critics are going to have eyes on, right? Yeah. But it doesn't seem like they're doing it for that purpose. I'm not saying that, but, but all, they're, and, they're making and artistic. You, it's moves. the same thing when you think of Quentin Tarantino. Like yeah. Quentin Tarantino has now made yeah. nine Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah. He's about. To, he's going to make his tenth, and that's going to be it. Yeah. He's he's written other movies. Yeah. He's played. He wants to play in television and that kind of stuff. And yeah. he was on the Golden Girls. He was on the Golden Girls. <laughs> but as far as his yeah. feature films, like yeah. they're Tarantino movies. Yeah, and those are the kinds of and he's filmmakers. precious about them. He's precious about them. And yeah. those are the kinds of filmmakers I'm super excited about. Yeah. And I think Greta Gerwig is one of those. I think that's a great place to leave it. Uh, I think that's uh, unless you have anything else that's pressing about her. That was a very nice send off. Um, uh, no, in discussing she's, her, she's uh, hella tight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's hella tight. Or, uh, or man. from again from the words of Kyle. Yeah, it's a really baller thing what she did. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Uh, All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. This is the Comic Creatives Podcast. Uh, my name is Will the Doc. That's Joe the Maestro over there. Um, I'm over here. He's over there. Uh, we are a rock candy recordings podcast and also a destination nation network podcast you can check out both of those super stellar hella tight podcast networks at destinationcomics.com and rockcandyrecordings.com respectively uh you Will can you also- follow me on instagram <laughs> follow joe on instagram <laughs> i'm trying to hit what's mi- it? i'm trying to hit a million you're trying to hit million a million dollars where are you at right now i think i'm 
I think I got so I got like like seven hundred and fifty followers. Dude, that's so. dope as hell, man. You almost doubled me. Do you really have seven hundred followers right now? Uh, I think uh, I have like two hundred or something. I don't even know. Seven sixty five. God damn. Uh, I'll right. be honest though. Yeah. The first five hundred were from my touring days. Okay. All right. So, Checks out. When you was yeah. a when you was a big ace rock star. When I was a racker. Yeah. Um. All right. So you can follow Joe on Instagram. You can also follow us as a podcast at Common Creators Podcast on Instagram, and you can send us your suggestions at Common Creators Podcast at Gmail dude. I know the password of that now. Yeah, you do. So uh, you can send us suggestions, and we'll consider them, and we'll try to do them. We've done suggestions in the past; we'll do them in the future. So we got to rate Greta Gerwig. I almost we gotta, forgot. We got to rate Greta Gerwig. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? <laughs> I can go first. Yeah, go for it. Because I'm giving her a straight ten out of ten. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and you know what I'm going to give her what? Ten Dave Matthews radio singles. <laughs> I'm not talking about the deep cuts here. Yeah. We're talking about the radio yeah. hits. Yes. Because it's okay to like uh-huh. garbage music, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially when you're a teen. Don't be yeah. a, don't be ashamed of what you like. Kids. Don't be ashamed. That's a great point. That's yeah. a great part of that like movie that. too. God, They're just a crying to yeah. crash, crash into me. <laughs> what a great song! It's so um, great. All right, so it's, it's ten out of ten. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give Greta a lower score. Sure. Just because she made me feel things I didn't want to feel. Yeah. And it's not a reflection of her as an artist or a creator, but quit making me feel those things, Greta. Have a full um, Agueta. <laughs> I'm going to give her an 8 out of 10. Um, and I'm going to give her an 8 out of 10. Wait, you're not the babysitter? That's what I'm going to give her. Uh, that's a line from House of the Devil. Uh, yeah, that's, or, a, yeah. that's good. <laughs> that's what I'm going to give her. You mean uh, 8 out of 10, wait, you're not the babysitter's? No, no, no. She's in the car by herself. Remember? Yeah, but Wait, you're not the babysitter? Oh. <laughs> I see. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you're not the plural. babysitters. Um, all right. So 10 out of 10 and 8 out of 10, respectively, uh, in terms of mumbling and having no plot, but also... Core. Core. <laughs> would you say that you can core, doctor? I would con- gore. <laughs> Gross. That's good. Thank you for listening, DNN. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.